Welcome to the Nopal Queens podcast. This is your chingona, La Sirena, a licensed clinician and higher education professional. Hola, and I'm La Estrella, and I'm a first-gen financial inclusion and brand marketing leader and badass queen. And here at Nopal Queens, we serve up real conversations about mental health and wellness from the Latinx perspective. Come on in, familia. Están en su casa. Welcome to episode seven of season two for Nopal Queens. This is your co-host, La Sirena, and I'm here with our wonderful co-host, La Estrella. Hola. Hey, girl. How are you today? I'm good. It's been a crazy week with the daylight savings, that's for sure. It is the worst. <laughs> but, you know, we're here today. We, uh, we rallied. Yes. <laughs> um, and our topic today is Mujeres and just celebrating Women's History Month. And today we're going to talk about all things powerful women. So I know you're ready, La Estrella. Yes, queen. <laughs> I want to talk about all these amazing queens. Um, and also, you know, just really centering and focusing on the strength of women, right? Absolutely. You know, when I'm trying to think back because we, I love this episode. I was so excited that we're going to do it. And I just started to think back like when, like what's it been like for me as a woman? Um, what did I believe about myself when I was younger? How did that change? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I somehow always thought that so many other people or men even just like had authority over me, like. I was someone who wasn't there yet, or I'm um, just thinking about all the times I felt like less than mm -hmm. um, as a woman. And as I get older and I'm in spaces now where I'm with people that are educated and have income and, you know, you're getting into these spaces, these professional spaces. And I realized all along I had so much more to give to these spaces and I just didn't see that in myself. And I might even say society didn't see it either in me. So it's, yeah. it was, it's kind of like, I really admire women and I just really wish we'd all knew how awesome we were earlier in our lives. Yes. Like if we didn't have, you know, society and even in our cultura telling us that, you know, we have our place and, um, you know, you shouldn't be spe speaking if you're not spoken to, or, you know, you should know when to, to speak up and when you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of those things probably held many of us back um, just because we live in a patriarchy, right? And in a patriarchal, mm -hmm. not just country, but most of the world, right? Yeah. So we don't only yeah. see it in our familias. We don't only see it, um, you know, in our environment. We see it on TV. We see it in the movies we watch and the, the shows that we watch. Um, so it's easy for us to continue to tell ourselves like, okay, like, I don't think I'm good enough for this yet. Or maybe I shouldn't be speaking in certain tables or certain spaces, certain, you know, boardrooms or whatever it may be. Um, I think I definitely, yeah. not I think, I definitely feel like I held myself back a lot 
for those many of those reasons and not probably giving myself enough credit to where like I knew that I could do something or accomplish it or, or you know, do it better than how a man could do it. But I feel like a lot of those realizations really don't come until later in life for us, right? Where we kind of really come into our own and start to realize like, hey, I'm I'm a badass, you know, and I have a lot to offer. And, you know, we should be having these conversations at the table, having these conversations, having our voice be heard. Yeah, that is so true. And it just makes me think about, you know, our listeners today. And I, I would hope that men and women and just all genders are able to listen to the episode today and find something in it. So whether you're femme identified, you might relate to us. If you're male, this might be an insight. If you're wondering how to get through to your daughter, your partner, your any female in your life that's important, maybe this sheds some light on what our experiences are. Um, and if you're non-binary and you just want to hear about the femme experience, that's what it's all about today. So I do want to kind of start with that, that this will be very much femme-centered and female-centered um, for today. And when we talk about females, we're talking about anyone who identifies as female. You don't necessarily need to be born female to identify as female. So I think that's really what we're hoping to just talk about today is what our experiences have yeah. been and how amazing we are and and uh, maybe inspire women today and women women identified folks to just harness your power earlier because <laughs> I wish I did and I yes. and I just want that for others you know so um but yeah I just wanted to start with that so I guess I feel like the biggest lie we were ever told was a man can do it better yes yes oh my goodness you know I I, I think I started to really realize that that wasn't true I remember this is probably I think in the 90s when Mia Hamm the soccer player mm -hmm. started you know she really started getting really popular because she was an amazing athlete and I remember seeing a commercial that she starred in that was like anything you can do I can do better and that's mm -hmm. I, I think I was probably like early in my teenage years when I when I may have seen that and I thought like hell yeah, like anything men can do, we can do not just better, but bleeding, <laughs> you know, like that's when exactly. I did start to kind of feel a little bit more empowered in, in myself as, as a, as a woman and not feeling like I couldn't step into certain spaces or maybe even follow certain dreams that I had of careers that I wanted to, you know, career that I wanted that I didn't mm -hmm. feel maybe was attainable. But that was one of the moments when I thought like, yeah, this has been a huge lie. And now I'm really starting to see that we can do things um, equally or even better. Than mm -hmm. some yeah, absolutely. Folks out there. You know, you mentioned there what? I said uh, then some male folks out there. <laughs> <laughs> and you just mentioned career. And, you know, I just think about it now, you know, older and working in the field that I do and and just in general, working with different people across disciplines. Um, I'm just so amazed how women, how much work women can do and how many different roles they can play. Um, and I'm also just really inspired by women that the whole, like parenting, like parenting often falls primarily on women. So now mm -hmm. you're like, you know, 
we have women working full time, raising children, right? Taking care of the house, just like all these things all at once. And the reason I want to bring this topic up, and I hope males are listening to is that it does limit both. Um, if you're going to talk about like a, a household where there's male, female, it limits both people when both people believe that women are only meant for one role. Like if, you know, I remember working as a social worker and meeting a family for the first time when, um, in my mid twenties probably. And the female was a CEO at a, like a, for a health, like administration or health administrator. She was like a very top ranking, um, hospital administrator. And the male was a stay at home dad. Um, I was a social worker for children and adult and young adults with developmental disabilities. So their child was my client and she had some pretty severe delays. Um, and he stayed home and cared for her and the, and the mom went and worked, um, Mm -hmm. and was really good at that. And they were like, she said, I'm just really good at business and bringing the money in. He's so much better than me at meeting our child where she's at and having patience and day programming for her. And that was his jam and that was her jam. And that was probably the first time as a professional that I really got to see it in action and how beautiful that was. Like, I loved it. I thought that couple was so amazing. And here I am today. I think they still inspire me. And that just, because for me, I am more like her. (laughs) I'm really good at that work world. Um, you know, yeah, just kind of like that, that, Being that executive kind of yeah. mindset. Yeah, professional. I love work and working and all that professional stuff that goes with it. Um, and so I was always just scared, like, is am I going to have to choose you know, it, being in this life or yeah. or following some other role? So, you know, it, it benefits both people in the pair if both people believe that women can do it all. Um, because then it wouldn't limit like that family if they really force themselves to go by the gender norms Mm -hmm. I don't know that that family would be so successful because let me tell you about their house (laughs) and all their stuff it was a beautiful house I mean they lived the good life like she brought in that money right Um, and I just wondered if they really forced it to be reversed um, I don't think they would have been as successful yeah no because it just inspires me to think about that yeah yeah, I think that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. I love hearing stories like that because it really makes me feel like we're slowly moving the needle, right? To to mm-hmm. put an end to like start stop normalizing these gender roles and how, you know, certain genders mm-hmm. should be doing certain things because we're all capable of doing it all, right? If we if we rise to the challenge and we allow ourselves or our spouse to rise to the challenge, um, I think also as as women, sometimes, you know, me, I'm a mom and like sometimes it does feel easier, I'm going to say, to to be the one to manage most of it. Right. Because I don't know if it's if we're just born this way, if it's nature versus nurture, like we also learning learn it at home that we're able to do all these things like we have the ability to multitask yeah. um, in a way that men can't. Males can't. Um, and I say this because I, I went to uh, my husband and I, before we even got married, we went to um, like a, um, a couple's um, like transformational training type of thing. And mm-hmm. the person that was leading that um, event was saying that 
the attention or not the attention span, but the ability to be uh, to, to multitask for women came a lot easier because if we take it back to like, you know, cavemen and women, you know, the women were the ones that were the gatherers, they would gather with all the other women and they'd be able to talk and exchange recipes or whatever. And like while doing the work, like being able to do all of that while the men had to like laser focus, go out there and get the the hunt and not be distracted by anything else, right? So that like laser focus on one thing is what they had to do. And I don't know if it's just continue to carry on through biology or, you know, I don't know, but uh, it must. Yeah, because I'm it like, must. that so, does make yeah. sense. You know, like we can manage so much. Sense. Every time I talk to like, you know, my female friends, like we're all like managing multiple to do lists in our brain at all times, right? All of these things. And doing we it so well. Time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's almost like we're, we're better under pressure in a sense, you know, so but mm-hmm. I've been trying to all that to say that I've been trying to like delegate more, right? To my husband, all of yeah. the things that have to get done for our kids, for our household, you know, all of that, all of that stuff, because then it helps me, it alleviates my stress and my load. And it helps him kind of step up to that challenge to be able to manage some of these different mm-hmm. things that maybe he hasn't been used to doing or didn't grow up, you know, being able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I'm not trying to bash men here, but it's good. <laughs> Look, this is just our experience. Okay, it is what it is. But I do notice that when you get give a complex project to a male, I can just see the difference like that limit. There's something there I can't explain. It's just a limit versus if I give it to a female, like they go all in on it. They're like, I'm ready. They pull their sleeves up. And I just noticed that. And for some reason, I also noticed like difficult conversations, men can't have them. They just, it's hard for them to tap into that side of themselves to have a serious and maybe difficult conversation or conflict. I've, I've met so many male leaders who are conflict averse completely. Like there's easily something that needs to be addressed. And the male is just like mm-hmm, looking everywhere else except for the thing. Avoidance like, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Like it's so interesting to me. Now, y'all look, listeners, I'm observing. Okay. Uh, again, this is going to sound bad, but that's just what I observe. Like I have, I can't tell you how many males I have met that are so conflict averse and yet so many females that I've met that have just been really, they lean into it. They are strategic. They are Mm -hmm. diplomatic. They are so good at that. And that's why I think I have a little anger as an older woman now, because I'm like, how was, where was this lie? Like we were all lied to so hard that, that we were somehow less than, or that we couldn't hold Mm -hmm. positions in government or right. That whole thing about women are too. Yes. And I'm like, are you kidding? You actually literally don't have the skills. Look where we are right now. Um, and it has really been women to carry us forward through difficult conversations and leaning in and multitasking. So, you know, we don't get enough attention on that. And I think a lot of people are still, uh, limiting. They still have limiting Mm -hmm. beliefs about us, but that's one thing I've definitely noticed in my lifetime is just like how women approach complex situations versus men. It's just a stark difference. Now I don't feel bad because I watched this show super interesting about um, again, I 
I have feelings about this whole gender binary. I do want to make room that there are all genders, but today we're going to talk about the female experience. When there, there was a show that had females and males separated into two groups, and they had to do a series of like exercises. They were kind of funny. It was a show, and I forgot what it was called already, but one of the situations was um, they had to describe um, to their best ability like an outfit or something like that. And the women got into the details. Like there's a jean skirt with beading mm-hmm. on the bottom. And there's a black jacket with this on there and the patch. And then the men were like, uh, uh, there's a, a, a skirt. Uh, there's a jacket. Like they could not yeah. get to the detail. And then the host was explaining how women's brains can pick up and share more details than men can. That's why women can talk about details and men kind of go general. I don't know if you ever saw that show. I forget what it was called. It was so fascinating no, and I didn't I, feel bad for how I felt. <laughs> like, see, there's science. Yeah, yeah, no, it has to. Yeah, I think it definitely goes back to, you know, biology, right? Yeah. Um, I, that, I don't remember that show, but it does remind me of a scene that I saw on Legally Blonde. I remember like... Mm-hmm. Toward the end, when she's you know about to win her very first as you know um, trial as a law student, and when they when she finds out that it was the pool boy um, that he was lying because he said something like "Don't stomp your black Prada shoe at me" or last season's black Prada shoe, you know, and then she goes and asks one of the male lawyers like, "What kind of shoes are these?" And he was like, "I don't know, black ones." You know, but but and in that movie, the pool boy, he was a gay man. And so he definitely had a lot more sense of style and like the ability to um, give a little bit more detail in that sense. So I don't even know if there's a difference there as well. Right. Um, But, you know, that does make sense that we're able to like observe and talk about details of certain things. And I do feel like women tend to be more strategic in that sense. We are. We are totally strategic and we're badass at it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're very good at planning things um, and being diplomatic too and figuring out ways to say things. Yes. Um, in a way that, that reaches lots of people. So I do love that about, you know, women. We do have a lot of great like skills. What were we talking about the other day? Like being a Juana of all trades. A Juana of all trades. <laughs> yes. I kind of feel yes. like most of us are, right? We wear a lot of multiple hats where... Mm-hmm. Some of us are, you know, in our professional careers and doing that. Um, some of us who are mothers, we, then we have to turn, you know, put our mom hat on once we're done with our work. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a bunch of other different things and, you know, maybe doing a, a passion project on the side. And it's just like a multitude of, of things that women can can do. And, and the way that we function, I do think it's definitely yeah. an amazing thing. Sometimes I sit back and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm how did I get all of these things done? You know, like I'm like planning a birthday party and I'm managing a project at work and I'm planning for, you know, um, our monthly podcast episodes and themes. And then I'm having to do things for my kids and trying to enroll my son into a preschool program. Like it's just like a million things it feels like, but somehow I get it done, you know? You're super getting it done <laughs> and you have time to like enjoy your family and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. But that's what we're, you know, capable of doing. Um, 
So, of course, this is Nopal Queens, and it wouldn't be a podcast about Latinx mental health if we didn't bring some of that in. So I wanted to move into, like, what is the experience? You know, we kind of started broad about, like, women and female experiences, but I kind of want to narrow it down to the Latinx experience as well in our perspective, Mm -hmm. because I think that we have some unique experiences that we have to navigate because our culture definitely subscribes to pretty severe and strict gender norms and they do often follow this binary right of male female mm-hmm. um what's it been like for you la estrella growing up latina and learning about your own power as a woman or you know what have your been your experience with that um well i kind of feel like you know we're constantly fighting these double standards right um like men can do certain things and women shouldn't be doing certain things um but i feel like i've you know we adapt to our environment but once we we know how powerful i think we are that's when we really like start to thrive i think really understanding um where our power lies and really acknowledging I think like just kind of how I did right now right like acknowledging like wow how much I'm able to do um through all of the things that we go through right because also on a monthly basis we go through our menstrual cycle and whenever we're going through our menstrual cycle like at least for me the week leading up to my period I am like an emotional roller coaster and sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like why am I like my, my emotions fluctuating so much? I'm like, Oh yeah, like I'm about to get my period. And then I'm like, okay, like that makes sense. But you know, we're still managing our day to day, even though we're going through this crazy roller coaster of emotions. And of course, you know, we're, we're bleeding. And I've actually recently saw an article. I don't know if you saw it, that they compared women's um, menstrual cycle to having a heart attack. And it's like, okay, we're oh. out here. Like if we're having a heart attack because the pains of cramps and all of that. And then yeah. everything that we have to take into consideration when it comes to our mental health, because our emotions are all over the place. And it's really, you know, hard sometimes, at, at least for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get my work done? I'm having a hard day because we don't really give ourselves that time and that space to be like, you know what? Like have, have a, 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 a sick day for not you're not sick but like having like a mental health day because you're in your period and you just Mm -hmm. don't feel great and you may not be your best self you know showing up to work or wherever it is that you're going I think when I started to figure that out it started to be you know I felt like okay like I'm starting to know myself a little bit better and I'm understanding a little bit more like where my power is and when I can it's okay to take a step back and rest you know, because that's mm-hmm. one of the things that growing up, it was like this, this big lie, like women can't rest, you have to maintain the household. And you have to now, you know, women work and we contribute, you know, to the household financially, and helping to support our, our families, and then raising these kids and then having to take them all over the place, you know, like, I think that was that was huge mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, for me, you? I definitely fought my. Yeah, I fought my period all the time. Like, oh, I shouldn't be this tired. Oh, I got to keep pushing through. Like, 
you know, um, oh, I feel so bad that I feel ragey. Because, <laughs> yeah, sometimes, <laughs> like, for me, yeah. this is La Sirena. I am nice. And I, like, I'm usually in a good mood. Um, so when I feel, like, ragey or just, like, so annoyed or so frustrated, right, um, I'm even just, look at me watering down the word ragey. It just is. Like, I get murderous. <laughs> <laughs> just like very intense feelings true, and I'm like oh my yeah. god and then I'm like oh I'm so sorry like ah, I, I know it's my period like I get all like apologetic and you know when I was young because it's also uncomfortable like you don't want to be a burden on other people or a burden to your male partner or at that you know I had a male partner that I was with so I was just like over time, I was like, I got to let this go. Like, it's so natural and everybody else goes through it. But I just don't think as a society, we're encouraged to lean into that. And it's also just like, in fact, people don't even want to talk about it. Um, and males don't want to hear nothing about it. And so, so you know, and people tell us that we're gross and people are like, Ugh, like, you know what I mean? That whole time yeah. that you're on your period, you just feel like shunned. It's awful. And then it's over and then everyone likes you again. Right. And it's just like this. And sucks. It's like you repeat like, this cycle fuck? every month. Right. Every but I feel month. like it's important to like normalize this part of who we are as, as women. Right. That we do go yeah. through this on a monthly basis and it's okay. It's okay. It's messy. It's ugly. It, you know, can be really rough and difficult. And yes, we do get ragey and <laughs> don't mess with me because I will cut a bitch. <laughs> you know, exactly. this week I will next, but week it's not. normal, you know, and yeah. we're still able to lead our lives and handle our shit and handle our stuff at work and handle our stuff mm -hmm. at home. And we get it done. You know, it's yep. like, it blows my mind sometimes. And, and I really, I hope that our listeners and, and hopefully our male listeners can understand that like we go through this craziness every single month. But for every the most single. part, you know, like people don't even notice. We don't even skip a beat unless it's our partners. Of yep. course, they will. They will get the brunt of that <laughs> rage. <laughs> yeah. We're worth it. We're cute. But you know what? That's so true. Like we don't skip a beat. Like I will tell you right now, you are in meetings with badass women and they could be bleeding <laughs> and you yeah. wouldn't even know it or having cramps or feeling nauseous. Like so many times I've just kicked ass on projects and done things and, you know, and I'm just totally working through like cramps, you know, um, yeah, emotions, trying to keep it in check. And then just working with people, right? If you have projects that you're doing, you have to be mm -hmm. so nice. Um, and I'm like, can males do this? I don't know. I swear, if, I feel like if males had periods, we would have laws around time off. Yes. We would have free pads and tampons. Yes. <laughs> like we were, it would be so different, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I know. But, you know, as a Latina too, just specifically going into that more, um, I just remember fighting all the time against the gender norms because I was raised by a Marine. You know, my dad was a Marine, so he kind of taught us to be our best. Like, we really did learn survival skills and, um, <clears throat> or just like life skills. Mm -hmm. And he would always just make sure that we knew we were capable. So then, you know, you kind of grew up with that message up against your abuelitos, tios that are like, oh, no, mija, you don't do that. I remember we went on family vacation and my abuelito would not let me help with the luggage 
but he was like, yeah, already viejito and I should be helping him. Right. He refused. He's like, women don't do this. And I was like, dude, you're like ready to topple over. I don't think you should be doing this. But in his mind, like that's, that was what it was. So I stay, you know, I step back and I let him have his space about it. But I just realized like at your own expense, like seriously, y'all, like he, he really shouldn't have been lifting like luggage or anything. Like he was already, you know, like there was stuff on top of the car. And I was like, I'm like, 18 or 19 at the time so i mean i should be helping like they should have put the teenagers to work mm-hmm. and no he wouldn't he wouldn't let us so it was really interesting um and so sometimes there are messages like that you know where the females just are either at home um you know just working to raise the children and that's about it right and and doing things in the home and so for us on one side of the family it definitely was like that um, and then the other side of the family was a little bit more, uh, like they challenged those norms more. So my, my aunts on my dad's side definitely took up teaching positions. One worked for a judge. My grandma was a teacher and they worked, um, and they did, they had some really good, um, careers and they, that they pursued my, one of my aunts got her master's, um, in education. So I, I feel like I've seen both messages which mm-hmm. is why I'm able to debunk, right? Because if you can see both sides of a message, then clearly you can choose which one. I was like, wait, so women can or women can't? Well, there's two messages out there. So maybe I just do me. Anytime I hear like these conflicting messages, I just decide, you know what? I'm just going to do me because again, you darn if you do, you darn if you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely saw those roles. And I also saw how men really didn't uplift women. Um, and praise them and tell them, yes, go and like pursue your career, go to college. Like I, that just did not happen. I mean, that wasn't happening. And it kind of spilled over into one of my first relationships with a Latino. When I graduated first, it caused a lot of issues. And when I got my first job, it caused a lot of issues. And when I made more money, there were so many issues. And so I almost felt like, do I just not do this? Because I don't want to cause issues. And then I was like, no, 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 that's stupid. But just the fact that I even entertained that, that's the kind of person I was with. Like they really, truly thought that this was a problem. Um, And I remember getting my first car. It was a sports model Volvo. It was super cute. I don't know if you remember that car. I loved it. <laughs> and I rolled up in it, right? My new job, my new car after after um, I graduated yep. from college. I got it all together very quickly. <laughs> yep. And yeah, I show up, beep, beep, hey, babe. And he just hated. And it took him months. I'm not, I haven't been with this person since I was, was young people, but um, it took him months to finally tell me I hated you. When you pulled up in that car and you had a job and you had stuff, I hated you. And I just thought, what the fuck? Like, this is what women go through. This yeah. is what we go through, right? And yes. that really showed me so much. And I was uh, lucky he actually said something because then I knew for sure. But yeah, I knew he had a problem with it. And then he told me later that he had a problem with it. Oh, man. Ugh, that's the worst. Yeah. You it know, is. because you also, we, we also meet men throughout our life who... I think looking back at it now, it's like, I think they hated women, right? Just the the treatment toward women. It's like, it's like they can't stand the fact that women are their equals or can be their equals or do things not only the same, but even better than men, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And I feel like we see that narrative a lot on 
you know, like in Hollywood and movies and, and shows. And um, I do definitely feel like it's changing a little bit, but, you know, it's definitely still there. And even though I feel like the narrative for like, oh, women, they're supposed to stay home now and be the child bearers and take care of the family and raise the children. Because obviously many women, many, many women work now and have their own mm -hmm. careers but that, that expectation is still there. So now you're expected to work, especially mm. in California, because mm. how can you even afford to survive on a single income in California, right? Oh God, so, right. you know, who doesn't have like two jobs, <laughs> right? You know, and a side hustle, yeah. like, yeah, yeah but, go have side but then hustles. we still have to do everything is like that, that right. expectation. And you, you can't like, it's just, there's just no way you definitely need both partners pulling that that equal weight right mm -hmm. and I, I also think you know um it's important for the women because of course i feel like you know many times like we can run circles around men and because of our ability to multitask mm -hmm. but we can also delegate and start putting it more on our partners our male partners um for those of us in in cis relationships like you can do this Maybe, maybe you didn't know before, but maybe I can help teach you so that you take a little bit of that burden off of me and you're mm -hmm. maybe learning another skill, you know? And then me yes. with having two boys, like I really want to show them like they can do everything that I can do. They should be able to do everything that I can do um, inside the home, outside the home. From a professional setting, they can also be nurturing, they can be the stay at home dad, you know, like, mm -hmm. that's awesome. I feel like I've heard um, a lot more of that happening. And I think that that's great. Because I think it's we all have like male and feminine um, energy, right? Yeah. But yeah. a lot of us don't tap into the, the opposite energy as much. And I think it's okay to tap into it a little bit because then you you maybe feel like a little bit more balanced and maybe as a man not as uh, not feeling as threatened by by the woman you're in a relationship with or the woman that you may be in a relationship with right yeah and i think exactly and i, th I think people don't even take women that serious in relationships and here's the reason think about um same-sex couples right same-sex female couples mm-hmm I know in the Latina community, Latinx community, same-sex female couples are not taken seriously, even though those are two serious parejas, mm -hmm. right? Um, and also, I think the lesbian culture is fetishized. What is that? Fetishized? Fetish, fetish right? <clears throat> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> there's like people hold a fetish for that. Yes. And so I think about that, right? Like when you're talking about um, delegating and like um, what you can do with a male partner and, and all that. But I also think about females who are with other females and maybe th they both share responsibilities and maybe it's going swellingly because two women together, what's better? That's like two oh badasses. Right? I, be I bet That's so much shit world. gets done in those relationships, like CEO's status right there. Yes. Um, in fact, I know a lot of women in same-sex relationships who are super successful because both of them are amazing. Um, but I just feel like even that alone doesn't get taken serious. You have these two amazing powerhouses coming together, um, but up against cultural things and toxic masculinity and mm -hmm. um, and sexualizing women. Even like I don't think lesbian couples get the credit that they deserve uh, for being like a real couple, right? Yeah. Um, and same thing with bisexual women, um, women who are, you know, 
attracted across the spectrum of genders or just attracted to two genders, uh, I don't think that they also get credit and taken seriously. So there's so many different ways in that women, every situation where we try to live our life, we get some kind of message back from, you know, society. And at some point, we just all have to band together and tell each other like, Muhed, no, don't listen to that. You're amazing in every way that you show up and whoever your partners are or not, if you have children or you don't, right? Um, right. If you And I've had women who, female friends who want to be stay-at-home moms. They just love that. That's totally for them. And then I have other females who want to travel the world. Uh, they don't want children. And I just feel like both sides of those are, are totally valid. Yeah. And I've had conservative friends who may not show their bodies but then I've had friends who that's what they want to do if they can get their titties out there they will like yeah. <laughs> so I've had Both all different kinds, are right amazing and empowering mm-hmm. um I really love seeing women uplifting other women and yes. accepting each other and ourselves where we're at and for the things that we like for our beliefs whatever those may be right to your point like whether, you know, a woman may be conservative and another one not as conservative, but mm-hmm. not be that judgmental, right? Not not judge them. I kind of feel like there, there are many women who who judge each other, judge other women very harshly. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like society kind of created us to be judge, very judgmental toward each other and competing Absolutely. with each other versus teaching us to compete with ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So that we can continue to be better versions of ourselves, but not comparing ourselves to other women. I also feel like that's a narrative that was pushed a lot when I was growing up. And, you know, I I struggled with female Mm -hmm. friendships. I, you know, constantly had issues, you know, when I was growing up, girls wanted to beat me up or fight me for I don't even know what reasons, you know, like I, I encountered in different stages of my life, um, women that just didn't like me. And I never really knew like there wasn't ever really a reason that was very apparent. Um, mm. And I think that just goes back to just I think us growing up in a society that makes us feel like we have to compete with each other and be against each other, you know, yeah. kind of like divide and conquer. Like, of course, you know, men would yeah. create a society uh, where women aren't uplifting each other or empowering each other. We have to do that for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And change yeah, that narrative totally. and not slut shame each other or just allow yeah, us to be who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The slut shaming, that is so not cool. Like, however a woman wants to express in her body, that's that's her business. What does it even matter? You know, um, I know that happens so much, but because we're sexualized, ugh, it's so annoying. But I think that also is the breeding ground for that comparative culture. Um, Men seem to have this thing about like, who's more beautiful, right? Like they always will have these preferences for women. Mm -hmm. So then we're finding ourselves fighting to fit those preferences when in all reality, uh, you know, I, I watch... As a marriage and family therapist, I do notice that um, men have a hard time with hard conversations and and women don't. Um, and it's hard for men who are sexualizing women to see their partner as somebody who can have a serious conversation mm. um, or who can yeah. get serious, right? Or like, oh, no, you're not cute when you're mad. You're not cute when you're serious. Like, mm-hmm. who said I have an obligation to be cute? 
who said I have any obligation to look good to you or for you, right? Yeah. I look good for me, to me. Um, if you enjoy it, great, but this is not for you, right? Nothing that we do, like, um, and and I've heard so many women. I have a colleague um, from a place, won't say if it's a current or past colleague, but she legit told me her husband tells her to put on makeup while they're in their house. And oh, she has wow. like a crafting hobby and he's like, never tell anyone you do crafting. That's embarrassing. And that's for old people. Oh my God. And that's like now, like in the last year. Or so somebody, yeah. you know, like had shared that. And I thought that's horrible that you can't just sit at home <laughs> looking all a mess. Yeah, um, and no. that your husband tells you to put makeup on at home. What is that? Right. But that's that whole history of sexualizing women and like, this poor chick can't even just sit at her house and craft with yeah, no makeup like, on. Like, that's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awful. I mean, that's mm -hmm. obviously that there's a control issue um, happening True, there, right. too. You know, that's mm -hmm. another conversation. But yeah, like we don't want to look perfectly cute and done up and hair done, makeup done mm -hmm. all the time. Especially right. like going back to when we're on our period, we definitely <laughs> don't want to be doing that, yeah. you know, bun and glasses and sweats like that's, yeah, that's our jam during that time. But we should, we should be able to do that. And we should have partners who support us in all of our facets, right? And in all of our stages and all of our phases, um, because then we're just kind of going backwards or we're not growing, right? Right. Do you think social media has also played a big role in how women see themselves? And each other, yes. And each other. Absolutely. I kind of feel like it's made it a lot worse. Mm -hmm. um, I try to follow pages of women who empower other women um, and kind of have that like that narrative versus the the ones who are just like posting a bunch of cute pictures or a certain narrative about you know slut shaming or this is what you know this is what mm -hmm. a, a an empowered woman looks like but if you look this way or you dress this way I saw um someone that I um went to college with make a comment about Cardi B and how she dresses and how she portrays herself and how she walks around this earth you know and and taking away from her because of how she dresses and how she speaks. Mm. And, and I was like, that's not empowering. That's not mm -hmm. us empowering each other. That's not you being a feminist. In my opinion, you're an anti-feminist if that's the case, because you're not allowing another woman to be who she is. Right. Yeah. And definitely social media, I think has heightened that, I think for us, and even just like comparing ourselves and these impossible beauty standards that we grew up with looking at magazines and yeah. TV and movies and stuff. Now we see it in social media every single day. I can't even imagine what it would be like if I was a teenager right now, like, and what my, my self-esteem would look like because of all these filters. And it's like everyone that's yeah. posting on social media looks so perfect and poshed and yeah. polished, you know, and but now we don't even know what's real, right? Like there's filters out here literally changing the structure of your face and your nose. <laughs> I see those Snapchats. Yes. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. as a mom, it's, it's for me, it's scary, you know? Yeah. And just thinking back at like my mental state when I was a teenager, which I, I was not in a good place mentally. So 
I could only see how that can just perpetuate, you know, a, a negative spiral for someone that already is struggling with their self-esteem and their confidence and, and mm -hmm. you know, knowing their own self-worth, um, especially as women, right? I feel like we, we face that a lot in society, constantly being told that we aren't good enough or we aren't pretty enough or we aren't skinny Absolutely. enough. Right. Exactly. There is actually data that shows women who wear makeup at work are promoted um, or given bonuses like 30% more than women who don't, which I think is so disgusting. Oh my gosh. Because you should be promoted and get bonuses based on the work you're doing. Yes. Um, but they do show that that's a statistic. Um, and I'm like, ew, I hate that. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and put on that red lipstick and I guess, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you know, it's just like, oh my gosh, so much BS everywhere that we have to face. And that's why I think I love like the power of women and all of the norms that we're breaking. So we have women athletes, women in the military, mm -hmm. we have queer women, we have, um, female identified folks. Uh, we have just all these different ways that women's are, women are showing up now and for each other. And, and unapologetically. Right? Heck yes. Unapologetically. Um, I've seen women nowadays like embracing body hair, um, embracing grays, yeah. right? Letting their gray hair grow out. Like all these ways that now women are just like, F it. Like I'm yeah. not, I'm not holding myself back and being unhappy um, because I'm limiting my belief in things. And so, and I, I see like commercial beauty standards you had talked about earlier, but we do pit women up against commercial beauty standards. And when I say commercial, it's just like, you know, white fit, thin woman with like regular, like straight hair, right. That is just like silky. And you just see like these stupid little <laughs> like pictures of the magazines and all this stuff that I'm thinking, they're not, not the woman is stupid, but the whole idea of it, right? Like that's not yeah. the only definition of beauty. Beauty actually varies across cultures and Absolutely. beauty is literally anything that you want it to be. So when I was younger, I would see these commercial beauty standards and I would see myself and I would be like, well, this is impossible. What am I going to do? And so I knew from a young age, my currency was not going to be the beauty standards. I just knew that, right? And everyone has different currency. And some people can write on that currency, right? With more power mm -hmm. to you. Um, but I knew I had to figure out something else. <laughs> I was like, I got to get good at something because I don't meet those standards that will make it easy for me to navigate the world. You know, and that means like promotions and jobs and relationships and friendships and things like that. Like, you just know that's not going to be your currency. Um, and I decided that it wasn't it wasn't my fault. I knew I was like, this sounds like some white capitalist shit that I'm mm -hmm. not going to subscribe to. And in fact, even trying to get close to those beauty standards, I'm selling myself out. Um, so for me, it's super important that I, I love myself in the body I'm in and who I am to prove that, yes, you can build a beautiful life in the body that you're in as a woman. Yes. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and that's what I love to empower other women in doing is like who you are is enough and what you can build in your life. That is all you right there. Um, and yes. you don't have to wait to be a certain way. You don't have to wait to have the perfect eyebrows or wait to have the perfect lips or wait to have the perfect, mm -hmm. you know, hip size or whatever. Like you don't have to wait. You can start being your amazing self now and see what kind of life you can build. I learned early on, I was like, I shouldn't just wait for those things because it'll never happen. Those beauty yeah. standards just seem be so impossible. Forever. We'd be waiting forever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So go take 
go travel, go to the beach, right? <laughs> go. Yes, put on that bikini this summer, put girls. Like, yes. Yes, totally. Yeah. Forget the beach body. Just everybody bikini, is a beach body. The body in the bikini and go to the beach and there's your beach body. Let's let's embrace <laughs> all the the crevices, the curves and the lonjitas. Like exactly. let's embrace it all. Right? Wild curly hair. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. me and like you know, all that stuff. And then, of course, we're talking about able-bodied women, too. So, like, if you have a disability or physical disability, where do you stand in this culture of beauty? And and so just all those messages that women just get pounded over and over on. It's like, where in society do we uplift women? Where do we celebrate us? Yes, exactly. And that's the space we want to create today. And there's lots of other spaces as well. A lot of great Latina podcasters that we um, highlighted in a, a post earlier this month, thanks to La Estrella. Um, but there are spaces that are celebrating women. And so we just want to stick to those and grow them and develop them. There are spaces. Um, but it's hard. It is, it's definitely hard to be a woman with all these messages coming at you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's two women that we both look up to. I know we wanted to share with our listeners a female role yes. model that we each had. Yes. So, so shall I start? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm really excited because this strong female, um, I actually got to meet in person. Um, and my, the, the, the one that I just decided to choose was Dolores Huerta. Um, I feel like Dolores Huerta has been such a trailblazer and a pioneer for, for Latina women and for women of color, um, women who decided to say no to all of the narratives, to all of the messages, and keep pushing forward in their fight for whatever, you know, they were fighting for. That's awesome. I love Dolores Huerta. Yes, I love Dolores Huerta. So mine is Sonia Sotomayor, and she's the first um, Latina Supreme Court justice and the first female of color to join the Supreme Court Justice. She yes. actually grew up in the Bronx. Um, yeah, and her mom was a nurse. I know she lost her father pretty young, but she ended up going to Yale. Um, and she just, yeah, makes a name for herself in this world um, as a lawyer um, and then keeps moving up. But I, one thing I noticed about Sonia Sotomayor, I've seen her talk like three times. <laughs> no, I'm not stalking her. You're stalking her. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, she actually walked when I was at one of the events, there was a front area of donors who could buy tables. And then there was a general admission in the back. And she makes her way all the way to the back of the room to sit with these high schoolers. She's like, these are nice fancy people up here, but I'm going to go in the back of the room. And she actually goes and sits with the high schoolers and talks to them. And I thought that was so powerful. And then she was also, you know, sharing some really good wisdom about um, her time at Yale and that she, she's like, you know, it's really good to be with your gente. You should definitely look for your people. There's nothing wrong with that. She goes, but also look for people outside your cultura. For example, she said my, her roommate was a white female with a long family history at Yale. Um, and so she had completely, you know, she was a first, Sonia was a first generation college mm -hmm. student there. And this girl had a completely opposite 
thing. It was like that was supposed to be her path. Her family all before her went to right. Yale. So one time she got this letter in the in the mail um, and ends up throwing it in the trash. <laughs> and her friend or her roommate was like, what are you doing? Um, do so you know Sonia that that threw is, it away? Sonia yeah, threw Sonia, the away? Okay. Sonia threw the letter away in the trash. She got something from the school and then threw it away. And her friend said to her, or no, her roommate was like, what are you doing? That is like a really good um, uh, honor society. And it was Phi Beta Kappa. And she was like, who, what, what is that? And she goes, dude, even my family, like, I like aspire to be in that. Like you, you pull that thing out of the trash. Like you should join that. And Sonia was like, but it asked you to pay. She's like, I'll help her something funny. Cause they do ask you to pay. She goes, why, if, if you want me so bad, why are you asking me to pay for it? Right. Yeah. Um, but she said that she was able to join this honor society that ends up benefiting her for years because her friend knew the system. So she's like, it's okay to have your white friend who knows the system because they can be your ally and work this, go through the system with you and teach you these things. Like if I didn't have her, I would have never known I got into this honor society. So it was just kind of cool, like her wisdom and her outlook on life and how she's so open to learning from other people. And she was a powerhouse on the Supreme Court and still is today. So she's like my, my favorite um, Latina. And I really look up to her and just all of the doors she opened um, for herself and then yeah look at that like a supreme court supreme court justice like that's so yeah. amazing the first woman of color supreme court justice that's amazing isn't um, it you know i think that's also why i really like dolores huerta too is because mm -hmm. she she challenged those narratives too and mm -hmm. one really cool thing that i actually recently found out was that she's the one who coined si se puede but oh. you don't really hear about that right you don't really yeah. hear that being connected back to her because anytime you think about si se puede or the you know in the chicano movement and the the labor work that her and cesar mm -hmm. chavez did it's always like cesar chavez anything that has to do with the organization and unionization for, for farm workers it's cesar chavez right and yeah. you know even within her own organization back in the 60s and 70s you know they they looked at her and talked to her about uh, talked to her as if she was Cesar Chavez's sidekick, mm -hmm. you know. But she was, you know, she co-founded um, the organization with her, and she's made a lot of strides and fought toward a lot of injustices. Um, and she is a twice divorced mother of eleven children, wow. and she's still such a badass and was able to do so much for the comunidad. And so much, um, you know, for uh, migrant workers and uh, Latinos, you know, in general. And I think that's just so amazing. Like going back to women can do it all. 11 children, raising 11, 11 children, twice divorced, definitely not in the, the mold of what, you know, Latina women are supposed to be, right? You don't get divorced yeah. and right. you stay with your man. And and she was able to do everything that she was passionate about. Um, yeah. There's a documentary about her as well on Netflix, which I would recommend people watching. And her children really talk about her with such admiration and respect and, you know, said that the movement was, you know, one of her most important children, and she's yeah. still giving back. She's still going out and speaking at conferences and, 
you know, I, I'm really excited and, 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 uh, feel lucky that I was able to, to meet her, you know, and, and we able to hear women like her and Sonia speak and hopefully get a little bit of their wisdom and, and of, you know, those gems that they share with us and how they were able to, you know, break out of the mold and, and, you know, break different yeah. things that allowed them to move forward in life as a Latina mm-hmm. and, and be those trailblazers. Yes. Trailblazers and feather rufflers. Yes. Two things that are so taboo for Latinas. <laughs> we are taught to not ruffle feathers. Mm-hmm. Right. And also yeah. to respect males and to respect like white males and to do all that stuff. And they're just like, owning it right and even have these high positions over other people um and clout and all that so yeah they totally prove that they can break into that world and we don't always have to wait for males to be the authority and in fact we can be it ourselves so that's awesome those are two that's some badass women right there but dude what's up with latinas like we are told that we can't get divorced right so taboo and Mm -hmm. like our sexuality is policed like on all levels like what the heck is that oh my gosh i know like why is it okay for men to be twice three times divorced children from multiple women and, and nobody even blinks an eye Right. But have a woman walk into the room who has been divorced maybe multiple times and has many children and maybe they're by different men. And and it, right off the back, there's already, you know, judgment there totally. from people. And they're already getting feeling that because society tells us that it's not OK for us to do the same things that that men do, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's that's really just like hindering us as a whole, really, to continue those negative messages. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And I have to give it to some males out there that are just very empowering to women. And it feels refreshing, but it shouldn't. It, right? Yeah. You shouldn't be like, I know like two really awesome dudes who who don't do that, right? And who are great. And it, they're like unicorns. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I want us to work towards a world where the, like the, the men aren't unicorns for allowing, you know, not even allowing, but just like being supportive of how we live our life and whatever we do. But you know, we totally have double standards. And men can be allies by breaking those too, right? Like participating yes. in unraveling those. So it doesn't have to just be us. It's It's men as well. Like, oh, you've been divorced two times? No big deal, right? Oh, you know, you're a single mom? No big deal. Like, it's it's fine. Um, but we do get policed a lot, I think. And, and we will continue. So we have to continue to fight that and have open conversations and, and teach these males, right, when they're young. And females, too. Like, we all participate in, yeah. um, in this and can also better ourselves in it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a journey, but it's been so rewarding to see what we can be capable of. Um, and I also want to share this the other day, my stepdaughter had some earrings on (laughs) and they were tiny little water bottles and on the water bottles in little tiny print, it said boy tears. Oh my gosh. I love it. (laughs) That's what our generation's looking like now (laughs) in the future. I was like, I need some of those. Yes. I really, that's what I really love about Gen Z. I feel like they're Mm -hmm. just like unapologetic in how they're showing up already at this young age. 
right? You know, I look at my, yeah. I have my nieces, um, 17 and 20, and I'm just like in awe of them, like just how they view the world, how they speak about themselves and each other and the different things that they want to do to help change, you know, uh, social injustices and when it comes to environmental, you know, climate change and all these things. Oh, and I'm just like, awesome. I love it. And they're just, they don't do things for anybody but themselves. They don't dress up for boys. They don't get cute for boys mm -hmm. or, you know, whoever they may be attracted to. They just do it for themselves. And they're not yeah, really awesome. wearing that much makeup. They're just like so empowered in their own way. And I love to see it. I'm I'm all for it. I, I'm just really loving it. And I oh, can't yeah, wait to absolutely. see what they end up doing as they, you know, become, uh, you know, get into the world a little bit more as adults and, and um, into their careers and hopefully into politics yeah. and continue to ruffle those feathers and really help to make change. Absolutely. I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg, was she the one that said, one day I want to see a whole Supreme Court that's all women. Mm -hmm. And someone was like, all women. And she said, well, there's a whole Supreme Court of all men and nobody questioned that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like, yep. So at some point, you know, we'll, we'll conquer we'll the world. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, we, we are. And I see those women with PhDs, you know, and I see women in STEM. Oh, my gosh. I girl crush so hard for women in STEM. Right. The science yes. and mathematics and all that like engineers and and like scientists and things like that. I'm like, that is so amazing. Like do it. Yes. Uh, I know so many female engineers, software engineers, coders, like, oh my gosh, I girl crush on that so bad. I was like, yes, that's so amazing. I just look yes. up to women that, that have truly, yeah, like uh, put themselves out into these male dominated career fields and are killing it. You know, yes. and like what we were saying earlier, probably doing a really good job at it too whether the males want to admit it or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I am so excited and hopeful for the future of women. Women are amazing. Like we have overcome so much oppression and we're totally still doing it. And I also start to see a lot more attention to female identified folks. Mm -hmm. um, and also just like the whole, just femme identity, like anyone can tap into their femme identity. Like you were saying earlier, earlier, La Estrella, that we have feminine sides to us. So I also hope that we can continue to melt away toxic masculinity and allow males to get in touch with those parts of themselves that are more femme as well. That will serve you well. We've had to certainly get in touch with the sides of us that are more masculine to make it in this world. So you can get in touch yeah, with your we femme stepped side. It up. okay you we step have it had up to too. do it <laughs> yeah that's right we stepping it up all the time like nor usual the huge mm -hmm. women are stepping it up more but yeah we need folks to step up for us and we need a community we can't just do it all ourselves but yeah we need we need allies right yeah um, but i'm very excited for where we're headed so well i know that we're wrapping up our episode today um and so i just wanted to Share any last words we have for our mujeres out there um, that are just really trying to break the norm, break the mold, and and maybe even getting into places where they are trailblazing. Like, what would you say to those females? I would say keep stepping into your power and 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 into those spaces, right? Into those 
historically male-dominated spaces and be unapologetic about it and be exactly who you are without apologizing. Like I said, be apologetic, not to be redundant, but kind Mm -hmm. of because I feel like we have to continue to tell ourselves that, right? It's okay to show up Mm -hmm. as myself, um, however that looks, and don't apologize for it. Have the same yeah, confidence, like, you know walk what? into those same rooms with the same confidence that these white men walk into and own your narrative. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? I love that. Somebody told me a long time ago about channeling the power of a mediocre white man. <laughs> <laughs> because a mediocre white man has a lot more power than a super powerful, badass woman of color. We know Absolutely. That, right? We, so walk in that. with the confidence of a mediocre white man and <laughs> kill it. <laughs> you can do anything. You can do Absolutely. anything. And rule the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. And you don't have to wait. And we're all here for you. And and that's what I would tell Mujeres is find your people. Find the women around you who will empower you, who are happy for you, um, who don't compare. I mean, and, and then if you are around females that, still are working through that stay curious and give them grace but give them space like I give people grace and space (laughs) like if if I don't think you're for me if I still think you're in that world if I hear you talk about uh commercial beauty stands if I hear you're obsessed still with how you look and stuff like that I'm like look that is your journey but I don't have time for that and um, that's been my thing is who do I in let into my space and my time and then who do I just I can't hear those things right now you're still working through those messages and I'm not anymore and so sometimes I've outgrown people um from that and that's okay right I say grace and space grace (laughs) Um, and space I love it it, you know loving at a distance you know and that's okay I love you at a distance, right? <laughs> but yeah, and and some women again because of everything we're talking about are different parts of their journey of loving themselves. Um and so empower who you can. But yeah, we're going to run into folks that are hating. We're going to run into girls that you know, women who yeah. who still don't know how to do that yet or they I feel like some people see success like pie. Like you got a piece, so there's less for me, yeah. right? It's like, no, there's success is for everyone and yeah. Exactly. We all have our own pie <laughs> and we're all on our own different journeys, right? And and everything around children to education to what jobs we hold, our income, all that. Like, wait, gosh, you name it. We're always comparing all these little factors. So just let it all go and just really be around people who, who you can be unapologetic around, like who do mm-hmm. just accept you. And, and to males, um, you know, I also want to say just try to see where you can dismantle some of your own stuff about women and be okay with them making more money and be okay with that. In fact, support them as they go and join, you know, excel in their career and their education. Um, take care of those damn kids. Okay. Yeah. You can't make, you can't make her do it all the time. Cook a meal or two. Okay. Or do a task without her asking you, you know, there's just little things yeah. you can do. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we love women. We're here for you. Um, and yeah, that was our episode today. Thank you, La Estrella, for having this conversation with me. Yes, thanks, Irena. So with that, gente, continue following us on Instagram. And then should we talk about our plans for this month? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. You want to give a little bit of a sneak okay. peek? 
Yeah. So Lastreya and I decided for Women's History Month that we are going to highlight ourselves. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to actually reveal who we are. Do you want to say anything about that? Well, I don't know. Um, you're the one, you're one of the founders of the podcast. So I'm, I'm sure people may be wondering, <laughs> may have been wondering for a lot longer who you are, but I'm just excited to, to just be revealing who we are and um, excited to see, you know, what, what people's um, reactions may be to that, but also just, yeah really empowering ourselves to put ourselves out there right and yeah and our voice and things that we want to talk about in this space and the nopal queens podcast um without you know not caring if we're going to be judged or by the people that may know us that listen to the podcast as well and you're not just excited to to see what that's going to look like and the type of content now that we can put out and you know mm -hmm. um maybe videos, maybe pictures, who knows, the sky's the limit, mm -hmm. right? But I'm excited to showcase us a little bit more. I really love um, a lot of the female uh, led podcasts that we follow that we um, showcased on our page recently, who do that very well. And, and I love to see it because we should be um, uplifting each other, but ourselves as well, right? So I'm excited to do that. Yes, well, I'm excited to do it with you, Lastreya. So look out, listeners. Um, those of you who listen to this episode, now you know the secret. Um, <laughs> and the rest will just have to wait for the IG announcement. <laughs> yes. All right, gente. We'll continue following us on our page for updates. We're at Nopal Queens on Instagram. We also have Twitter and Facebook. And with that, adios. Adios. Bye, bitch.